We find here in Luke chapter 24, and if you, turn to, uh, if you start at verse 13 with me, we find a story about these two disciples. And I'll begin reading and read through verse 19. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. I'm going to stop right there and just pray one more time and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, open our ears this morning. Open our hearts to receive everything that you have, Lord. You are a living God and you are speaking today. We thank you for your word. Even though these, this story was written down 2,000 years ago, it is relevant to our lives today. And so help us, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying and to receive your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We find a story here about a couple of Jesus' disciples. And they are going on a journey. They are traveling. And I can relate to that. I I travel a lot. I've been driving all over the state of Michigan. I've been in Florida and Missouri in the last month as well. And when I'm in Germany, I travel all over the country. And just going back and forth between DTW and Frankfurt Airport, I understand traveling. Is there anybody else here who travels in sales or business? Okay, yeah, a few of you, you understand what it's like to be on the road. Well, these guys were not salesmen, but they were followers of Jesus, and they were going on a journey. They were actually leaving Jerusalem and going to a small village. These were two men that had been following Jesus for quite some time. We know something about them and that we've got a name. One of them's named Cleopas. If anybody's pregnant here, maybe there's a suggestion. Probably won't find it in a baby name book these days, but Cleopas is kind of cool. The other disciple, he was so important that he remains nameless here in the text. The Holy Spirit didn't even tell us who he is. It just says, and another disciple. But these are just two guys that are going on a journey. They're leaving Jerusalem and they're on a trip. And, you know, it's, it's actually, it was a pretty depressing time in their life. They had been following Jesus and Jesus had just been crucified And all of their hopes and all of their dreams and aspirations went down the tubes or went in the grave with Jesus, you could say. And they they found themselves actually in a situation where a lot of us find ourselves often. It's just the, just the, the everyday life of ups and downs and disappointments and something's gone wrong. And the incredible thing is that I want to bring home this morning is that in spite of them not recognizing him, Jesus was right there with them. And, you know, that is something that is so important for us even as missionaries because, you know, I, I appreciate the, the, the royal welcome and the hero uh, epitaphs that you were saying this morning, you know, but there's an every day to a missionary's life. I still got to bring my kids to school in the morning. My wife still got to go and buy groceries or I got to pick up the milk on the way home. And even as missionaries, and you know as well, as believers, we find ourselves also in that everyday life. And there are moments where we're not always, you know, singing the songs that we've been singing this morning. 
We're thinking more, okay, I got the consumer's electric bill, and I've got the water bill, and how am I going to pay that? And how's, how are we going to get through this situation? And then grandma calls and dumps on you with this information. What am I going to do with that? And you're not really thinking about Jesus in that moment, but you know what? He's right there all the time, right where you are. And I believe that it's in those moments, it's in those everyday moments that Jesus really wants to show up. And it's then that this missionary God, think about it, when God, when God chose to break into our world in the person of Jesus Christ, he came as a missionary God who invaded our space. People weren't looking for him. They weren't ready for him. They weren't prepared, but he showed up anyways. And I want to encourage you this morning that maybe you, maybe you think, okay, well, when I'm here on Sunday morning, you know, I've got my God focus on and I'm really looking for him. But come Monday morning, that's when I get back to the real world. And maybe it's in those moments that we're not looking for him, but it's then that Jesus really wants to show up. You know, my wife is, uh, is a very gifted individual and uh, a, an artist and a musician. And uh, when we went to Germany, it was a big challenge for her because she couldn't speak the language. And so she felt really handicapped because she, she had to spend almost a year in language school to learn German. I had a one leg up on her. I have a bachelor degree in German. I actually studied at a German university as a student. I wanted to be a history professor. That was my goal. I wanted to be a German history professor. So I could already speak the language when God called us to Germany. My wife has forgiven me for that since then. She got over it. But God has gifted her and helped her with the language. But, you know, we also had two kids while we were in Berlin. We already had a little girl when we went over. We've had, she's had two babies, had to learn the language. My wife has had babies in German. I mean, she knows how to do this. And uh, one of the things that she, she often would say, and if she was here this morning, she would encourage you to bloom where you are planted, and especially in the everyday. And so one of the things that my wife has done and found a niche of ministry this last year is being involved in our kids every day, and that's at school. And once a week, she volunteers in my son's classroom. She goes and helps them with reading and with their, you know, helping the kids and their pronunciation and stuff and reading in class. And uh, before you think, wow, she's that good in German, my kids go to actually a bilingual school, and they spend half their day in German, half their day in English. So they were really excited about getting someone who has an English mother tongue so that she can help these German kids know how to pronounce English correctly. So she goes, and what happens is there's other moms who volunteer. There's German moms who come to help, like, my kids pronounce their German correctly. And these moms, they all show up a half hour early and go drink coffee together every week, okay? Any, any other moms, you, you like that, okay? They get together, and they drink coffee before they go to the classroom. And Amy's got this friend. Her name is Bianca. Bianca, her son, is my son's best friend. Bianca's a German. She's agnostic. That means that she thinks there's a God, but she doesn't really know who he is, and maybe he's not really interested in her. But she's not an atheist that she doesn't believe in God, but maybe there's something out there, but he's not really knowable. And Bianca's had a lot of pain, a lot of hurts in her life. She lost her mom to cancer a few years ago. She never got to say goodbye. Her mom was in denial that she had cancer. And so she's got a lot of hurts, but Amy's really been able to be a good friend to her and minister to her. Well, they were sitting there in the parking lot getting ready to go in the restaurant and drink their coffee. It was just an everyday morning on a Monday morning. And in pulls another car, and it's another mom, and her name is Isabel. Isabel is also a German lady. Isabel's also had a hard time over the last few years. Her husband abandoned her, left her with two kids. She just lost her sister a year ago to some strange disease. 
And she came into that parking lot and she was crying and she walked up to to Amy and to Bianca and she really didn't know Amy. She knew Bianca. And she said to Bianca, she said, you know, um, I'm I'm really upset and she's crying. They're like, what's going on? She said, they've diagnosed my mom with cancer. In fact, the doctors have only given her three weeks to live. She's got hallucinations. The pain is so bad. It's all through her body. And I just can't take this. I don't know what to do. And Amy looked at her and she said, Isabel, I, I know you don't really know me that well, but you need some hope. You need some hope. And could I, pray with, could I pray with you? Right there in the parking lot of the cafe. And Isabel said, sure, go ahead. And Amy said she began to pray for Isabel, and she could just feel Bianca's eyes piercing through her as she's watching her pray for this other lady. And Amy prayed that God would give her hope, that God would heal her mom, that she would not die, but that she would actually be going home from the hospital soon. And Bianca just stares at her and is looking at Amy and thinking. And then later she said to her, why did you give her hope? My mom didn't have any hope. Why are you giving her hope? And Amy said she's been through so much she needed encouragement. They went inside, drank their coffee. And Amy gave her her cell phone number and said, said, Isabel, if you ever want to talk, I believe in a God who can heal and who can change lives. Why don't you give me a call if you ever want to talk? So so they, they say goodbye. They went to class and did their reading. Two days later... Amy's cell phone rings. On the other end of the line is some frantic woman saying, he did everything you asked. He did everything you asked. And Amy said, who is this? And she said, it's Isabel. She said, you're not going to believe this. The doctors this morning, they've run all these tests. My mom overnight, is, is she's, she's, she's healthy and they couldn't figure it out. And they've checked her body. There's no cancer in her body. She's being released and going home to have lunch with my dad. He did everything you asked. Amen. And Amy said, is there anything else you want me to pray for? (laughs) I believe that God wants to meet us in the everyday right where we are. Whether that's across the ocean, overseas in the city of Berlin, or it's just right, jump over the line into Fruitport, or go back this way to Grand Haven, or in Spring Lake, wherever it is that you may be coming from, He wants to use you. In the everyday, he wants to meet you in the everyday. And that often doesn't mean just to meet your need, but to flow through you to meet the need of another individual. And I know I'm preaching to the choir here a little bit this morning. I'm hearing about this backpack drive, and I know you guys are active here in the community. That is so awesome because God is going to use those backpacks to touch families, and he's going to use you in a mighty way. But beyond that, Think about all of the opportunities we have in our everyday to connect with Jesus because he's there at work on our behalf even when we don't know it. You know, as this story goes on, as these men, they begin to say to Jesus, you know, you don't know what's going on here. Well, you know, they're they're a little bit flabbergasted. How could anyone have been in Jerusalem during that first Easter and not have gotten what's going on? They crucified who these guys thought was to be the Messiah. And as you read on, you can read the rest of the story this afternoon, but they explained to him how they thought he was the prophet of God. He was the promised one, and he was going to set Israel free. And now all their hopes and dreams have gone down the tubes. And as, they get, as you get to verse 25, I want to skip to right there. Jesus has an interesting response to these, to these two men. They're telling him all their woes and all their troubles and and why everything is terrible and they can't believe he doesn't have a clue. 
And Jesus says to this, how foolish you are, in verse 25, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. I would have loved to have been there. Talk about a Bible study on steroids. It was a Bible study with Jesus Christ himself. And he, he goes, it's an Old Testament survey in probably the course of two hours. They're only on about a seven-mile journey here. It's not very far from Jerusalem to Emmaus. But Jesus took the time and walked them through the scriptures. He revealed himself through the Old Testament. And he says, look here, as you study the scriptures, you will find me. And maybe this morning you're saying, you know, I haven't seen Jesus show up in my everyday lately. My everyday is, is, is work, it's routine, it's this, it's that, and I'm not seeing Jesus. Well, I want to encourage you to also seek, seek Jesus in the Word. He wants to reveal himself to you. Read his Word. Just like I shared with you that story about Andy. I said, take the Bible and you read it. You know, because of your missions giving, we were able to buy those Bibles. Through our Life for the Lost program and through many churches that contributed to Life for the Lost funding, we were able to buy 10,000 Bibles and then also distribute them on campus. We actually do it around Christmas time this last year. I had the guys put Santa hats on. We wrapped the Bibles up as presents, stood out in front of the student union, and we were giving Bibles away. The really wild thing is there was a group of Muslims that came by, and they're like, oh, can we get the gift too? And we're like, yeah. And so I gave the Muslims the Bible. They took it, and, 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 and the funny thing was we were encouraging people, take this home as a Christmas present, open it up on Christmas night. But we said to the Muslims, we know you don't celebrate Christmas. You guys can unwrap it right now. So they're like unpacking this thing, and they're just like, wow, it's a Bible. They never had a Bible before. Never had a Bible before. It's contraband where they come from. They're not allowed to own one. So they start reading it, and they start discussing it amongst themselves. And the crazy thing is, about an hour later, as we're going out of the cafeteria, there was an atheist table set up, like the Atheist Student Association. The Muslims were standing there debating with them with a Bible saying, even in your Christian Bible, it says God created the heavens and the earth. And they're debating with the atheists. God's word is powerful, and he wants to reveal himself to you through his word. If we look at the end of the story, as, they, as they're looking at the scriptures, and I'll wrap it up with this last part. As they approach the village, verse 28, look at this. To which they were going, Jesus acted as if he were going farther. I, lo- I love that about Jesus. It's kind of like, you know, he's giving them the hint, you know, I'm going to keep going. And so they, say, they, they, they said to him, you know, they urged him strongly, verse 29, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Another typical Jesus moment. I would think, they recognize me now. I'm going to say it's me, Jesus, you know, and hug, high five, whatever. What does he do? Poof, he's gone. Jesus is always doing the unexpected. But what's incredible about this story is, what is it that that allowed these men to suddenly recognize who Jesus was? How could they have spent these last few years with him as his disciples and then not recognize him when they saw him on the road because they weren't looking for him? They expected him to be dead in the grave. 
But something happened. It says they were at the table. And Jesus did some, something that he probably had done with his, with his disciples quite a bit. He took bread. He broke it. He gave thanks. I'm sure they'd shared many meals with Jesus. And maybe there was something in the way that Jesus prayed. If my dad, if I was blindfolded and my father was in the back of the room and he stood up and started to pray for the meal, I would know it was my dad, not just because I recognize his voice, but just because I know how he prays for the meal. It's almost always the same. In fact, as little kids, me and my brother, we could, we could just about do the same prayer, you know. And, uh, and I know it's coming from my dad's heart. It's not that it's just a rote thing, but it's often the same. Maybe there was something about the way Jesus prayed that his disciples recognized his voice. Maybe it was the way he broke the bread. Maybe Jesus had some special way that he always did the bread, and they were like, that's him. But you know, it's interesting as you read on, it says uh, in verse 31, their eyes were open, they recognized him, he disappeared, and verse 32, they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They ran all the way back to where they had just come from because they were so excited because something happened, not here, but right here. Something happened in their hearts. That's what missions is also all about. It's seeing hearts and lives transformed around the world. When you pray for missionaries, when you give to missions, you're believing that God is going to supernaturally touch hearts and do a work that we can't do on our own, that we can't do. And, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see how God touches hearts. You know, there was a, a Muslim student. Her name is Aiton. Aiton had, had been coming to, uh, to some of our meetings because she was friends with a Christian girl that was in part, a part of our, our student ministry. In fact, the first time Aiton ever came, she walked in, she shook my hand. She said, hi, my name is Aiton. I'm a Muslim. I already know the truth. Please don't try to convert me. And I said, Aiton, it's okay that you're a Muslim. That's fine. I said, you know what? You keep coming, and we'll just be good friends. She looked at me like I was from another planet because I know she's thinking, I'm never coming here again. But you know what? She started coming every week, and she started making friends. And one of the things we noticed is we would be worshiping the Lord. Often as we were singing, she would start to cry. She would start to weep. And sometimes she would run out of the sanctuary. She'd run out of the service. And my wife would go and find her in the bathroom. And one time she found her in the bathroom. And, and she said, I, Tim, what's wrong? She goes, I don't know. She says, when I come here, I'm happy. I'm happy on the subway. And when I get off, I'm happy. We, and then as soon as we start singing all this stuff, she says, I start to cry. She goes, so I know there's nothing wrong with me, so there must be something wrong with you people. And Amy said, you know what that is? It's the Spirit of God touching your heart. And she said, I don't believe in the Spirit of God. I don't believe in Jesus. I only believe in Allah. And Amy said, that's okay. You just keep coming, and he'll keep touching you. And she did. And she kept coming, and about six months later, she came and she told me. She said, you know what happened? She said, she said I... I've come to this point where God has been touching my heart, and the other night I was in my bedroom, not in a church. I was in my bedroom, and I was laying on my bed, and, we had been, and she'd been going to a Bible study, and they had a Bible study on Romans 8, and who is the Holy Spirit? And she said, as I lay there on my bed, I prayed this prayer. I said, Jesus, I know I'm not supposed to be talking to you as a Muslim, but if you're really the Son of God... Would you give me your Holy Spirit? 
And she said, he came into my room and he filled my heart and he changed me. And she said, I don't, I, I don't know how to say this. I can't say that I'm a Christian. My family's been Muslim for a thousand years. But I know that Jesus is God, that he came in the flesh. He died on the cross for me. He rose again and he filled me with his spirit and he's changed my life. I believe that same power that's at work in her life is at work in your lives. And God wants to touch you this morning. He wants to reveal himself and he wants to touch your heart. You know, when I was a, a freshman at Central Michigan University, that, the, 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 the call of God that be, to missions began in my heart as a college freshman at about 4 o'clock in the morning in a girl's dorm room. Now, before you go down that road... There was about 10 of us from the Chi Alpha group, from the, the campus ministry group, and we were in that dorm room having a prayer meeting, and five people got saved, and five people were filled with the Spirit, and He touched our lives. And it was there that I said to the Lord, whatever you want to do with me, whatever you want to do with my life, I am available. This morning, I want to give you a missions challenge to pray that prayer, to say that to the Lord. Whatever you want to do with me, whatever you want to do with my life, I am available. And you know what? I believe that God wants to use us to touch people's lives, whether it's overseas or across the street. But he's looking for men and women, young and old, who are willing to respond and say, here am I, I am available. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? I thank you, Lord, that you are at work in our hearts. I thank you, Jesus, that the same power that raised you from the dead is at work in our lives. That you can take our hearts of stone and give us a heart of flesh. That you can, you can soften our hardened hearts, Lord. Lord, you can also expand our hearts. I know that there are many here in this room this morning who already give sacrificially serve sacrificially. And sometimes, Lord, we have this feeling like, Lord, I'm already doing enough. But Jesus, I thank you that you give us strength to continue to grow. You continue to expand our hearts. You make room in our hearts for one more friend, for one more neighbor, for one more, God, because that's your heartbeat. Your heart is to reach everyone. And so, Jesus, I thank you, first of all, that you are at work in the lives of, 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 the, of the people here in this room. And I want to ask a question this morning. Maybe you are here this morning, and you're saying, I need to respond to Jesus in the same way that, that Iten responded, or the same way that Andy responded. I need to commit my life to Jesus. I want to make him Lord of my life. And if that's you this morning, you're saying, you know what, I, I want to serve Jesus with all my heart, and I, I, I want to, to follow him. And I want to make a, a, a new commitment for maybe the first time or a, a, a commitment for maybe a, a, a second or a third time where you're saying, you know what, I've drifted away. But you want to make a commitment to the Lord this morning. Just slip up your hand right where you are and say, that's me. Say, that's me. Thank you, because I, I want to pray for you. And we want to pray for you. Who else? You're saying, that's me. God is touching my heart this morning. Thank you. Now, 
maybe this morning the Lord is also touching your heart and, and, and putting something else, an idea, or, or calling you to some kind of service, or he's, he's birthing a vision of something in your heart. Maybe it's, maybe it's missions overseas. Maybe it's, it's you heard from the, from the testimonies what was happening you know, on this mission trip in the Dominican Republic. Maybe God's put in your heart uh, even a specific nation on your heart. Or he's just calling you to some other level of service. He's putting a ministry on your heart. And you want to respond to the Lord this morning and say, God, here am I. I'm available. I want to give it all to you this morning. I, I avail myself to you. Why don't we stand together? And if that's, if that's where you're at this morning, I ask you to come forward and say, I, I just want to seal the deal. I want to seal this time in prayer. The altars are open. You come and you bring that to the Lord. And bring, bring, come down front and, and, and we can agree together. You can also pray by yourself. There's other leaders here I know that are willing to pray for you. But you come and you say, Lord, I want to bring it to the altar this morning and say, here's my life. I'm available to you. Use me in any way that you see fit. And if you want to make a commitment to the Lord, come down this morning, and we want to pray for you. So you come. Let's do that right now. Let's come and seek God. Let's seek the Lord as we bring this service to a close. Come this morning. Jesus. We glorify your name. We 
as we go through this next week that we would be looking for those every day every moment opportunities to make a difference and God for some of us it just takes a little extra boldness to speak up to say a prayer to be an encouragement for others, Lord, we need our eyes to be opened to even see those opportunities. And God, I pray that you would open up our eyes to see. And Lord, I just pray that as we leave here today, God, that you would go before us and behind us and around us and that our lives would make a difference. And we'll give you the praise. We'll give you all the glory. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, the altars are open. If you need to go, we understand. Uh, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for being here. And uh, go in the grace of God. If you need prayer for anything else, we will stick around and we'll linger here. Uh, Otherwise, go in the grace of God. God bless you. We love you.